This is Internet Marketing. Brought to you by Site Visibility at sitevisibility.com. This is Internet Marketing, and today I'm joined by Jonathan Earnshaw, Director and CTO at Intelligent Positioning Limited. Hello, Jonathan. Hi, Andy. How are you? Um, not too bad at all, actually. I've lost a stone. Can't find it anywhere. Don't know where it's gone. I'll tell you where it's gone. I found it. <laughs> you found it. <laughs> no, I'm on a bit of a health thing at the moment. Anyway, today we are talking, we're going to talk about, uh, the working title for this is Don't Turn Your Back on Content. Um, we're going to be talking about content and the things to watch out for with content. But before we do that, Jonathan, you know what the next question is going to be, don't you? Tell us a bit about yourself and Intelligent Positioning Limited. Gosh, um, <laughs> I actually wasn't prepared for that. I was prepared for content, but um, ha <laughs> ha. Well, this is content. Uh, well, I'm one of the founders of Intelligent Positioning, and we've been around for for a number of years. Um, and over the past couple of years, we've evolved something really special, and that something is Pi Data Metrics. And that's software that's been at the core of our business since the beginning. Um, But over the past couple of years, we've been rolling out this software, which is really quite incredible. And it's it's this software, PyDataMetrics, that has really helped us understand where people are going wrong with content in all of its forms. So it's it's really quite an exciting thing. Are you sort of measuring the quality of content or or are you looking out for certain? Is it sort of a, because I'm a developer, as everyone knows, is it a sort of lint for content? Well, I'll tell you what it is. It's, we're actually measuring the performance of content. Right. Um, and, and that's something that we're, we're a little obsessed about because, you know, as, as I think we were speaking earlier, nearly 40% of global marketing budgets are spent on content. And you know what? They put it up there, they push it out, and all too often people are happy just to walk away from it and then move on to the next bit of content without asking the question, how is that content performing? Is, it, is the right snippet appearing in a search? Indeed, is the right page appearing or have I got some sort of conflict going on that's killing my visibility? So, so do you think that, um, you know, you do see this attitude sometimes, this sort, of, this sort of fire and forget attitude, don't you, with content? Do you think in this day and age people care enough about the content? No, no, I don't think they do. Um, and it's true that in the past, content was killed by SEOers. Um, you know, get content up there, get keywords into it, and, and that was destroyed. And, th- and, then, and then along came semantic search and hummingbird, and everybody started getting excited about content again. Um, but that excitement didn't seem to last too long. And I think, you know, people are spending money on it. There's an obsession with getting it out there. We kind of know we need to create quality content. Are we sure what that really means? But do we... Are we the curators of our content that we need to be? No, I don't think we are. Good, good creators, but not good curators. One of the things I wanted to discuss in this uh, little discussion of ours is uh, cannibalization, because I know you've got a lot to say on, on that. Just before we sort of lurch into it, just remind our listeners what cannibalization actually means. Okay. Cannibalization of content takes, uh, takes several forms. And the, the most common of which, which I'll go into more detail, is internal cannibalization or internal conflict. Now, this is in this age of obsession with generating content. If you're not really careful, you can find that one piece of content can conflict and cannibalize with another piece of content on your domain or across domains and kill visibility for both. So in a nutshell, it's content that kills other content. And that's the sort of um, uh, context for that, John. Is it sort of like... 
is it always your own content? So if you make some of your own content that sort of stamps on some of your other own content, hence the word cannibalization. Yeah, yeah. So I'm separating out cannibalization from something that I spoke about recently, a Brighton SEO. I think that was actually this time last week. Um, And that is where you have channels or suppliers and they are using the same content um, on different websites that can actually conflict with itself and that can kill positions in the SERPs as well. But uh, for today's uh, purposes, I'd like to focus on uh, your own cannibalization. So, John, what's the, what would you say is the most common form of cannibalization? Okay, there, there are four types of cannibalization, um, but the most common is internal cannibalization or internal conflict. Yeah. Now, the larger the organization, the, the more content you have, the more likely this is to happen. And I would say nine out of 10 big content websites out there suffer from this in one form or another. And, and, and the way this works is that uh, you could have um, an article on your website about, uh, about the new iPhone, the iPhone 6S. Mm. Um, so you could have a teaser talking about the iPhone 6S before it's released. And then you have a review about the iPhone 6S, and then you might have some other information about uh, the iPhone 6S in different colors and shapes and sizes. Now, if you're not really, really careful, these pages or this content can all end up conflicting with each other for the keyword iPhone 6S. And one will literally come in, take the other one completely out of the SERPs, it's gonna vanish. That can then be replaced by another and then another. And what you'll often find with internal conflict is a glass ceiling where overall you simply cannot push above uh, the bottom of page one. Very common symptom. So what's, what's actually happening with Google then uh, in that example, John? Okay, well, Google's actually really struggling to do a good job. Google's trying to return the most appropriate page when it's looking at your site. Mm. Uh, so that's what Google's trying to do. But, but because you've got sometimes more than one editor working on a site, working on different bits of content, um, these bits of content are overlapping from a theming perspective, and particularly the page title. And if one title is not strong enough, or, or, or sorry, if one title is too strong, and there's another similar one that's too strong, too similarly themed, say around the iPhone 6S, then you're going to run into conflict. Also, if you don't use appropriate internal linking to, li- to leave Google in no doubt as to which is the trophy page for this term, again, you're going to run into problems. Now, we talked about internal conflicts, but there are, I think, three other types, aren't there? Let's talk about those, Jonathan. Indeed. Okay. The next, um, and something that has impacted hugely on the gambling sector, um, and I also see it rife in the telco sector, that's subdomain conflict. Mm. And it used to be the case where Google treated subdomains as separate sites, um, and to a certain extent, it, it, it does. But however, if you've got a main domain and you also have another subdomain, that could be um, maybe a slightly different part of the business. Um, and again, you have pages that are similarly themed. These will almost certainly conflict with each other. Worst case, um, you will lose positions for both of them. Best case, you will have an incoherent SERPs where Google comes in one day, puts the main domain, the next day switches it for the subdomain. So there, we are failing again to become curators of our presence in the SERPs. It's interesting, actually. You mentioned that that is quite common in, you mentioned gambling sites. Um, Are there any other verticals that are particularly prone to it, would you say? Uh, Travel as well. Gambling, travel and telcos. Now, yeah, gambling sites, they were very, very very clever and they used to be the ones to look at um, from an optimization perspective. And, And we could learn a lot from them. 
But what they started doing was creating things like um, roulette dot, um, blackjack dot, uh, casino dot. Mm. These were so similar that uh, Google got immensely confused. And some of these sites, um, their positions have effectively vanished. Wow. So they need to move to a subfolder approach. Okay, let's move on. The the other type was um, international, wasn't it? So yeah, let's yeah. Get about that international um, cannibalization. Yeah, and this this often happens when people uh, fail to get their rel equals alternate uh, sorted out. And again, I've seen this happen a lot in a travel sector where you have um, websites in different websites in different countries. And if you're not geo-targeting, if you're not using rel equals alternate, suddenly your visibility in Google UK will vanish because the uh, the .dot com domain uh, is getting a reasonable position, but overall, you're both being pulled down by each other. So that's international. Mm. And then the final, the final and, and, and perhaps most mysterious and, 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 and misunderstood type of uh, cannibalization, we call semantic flux. It's quite a posh name. Where does that come <laughs> from? Well, the, the semantic bit comes from um, the, the semantic web and, and Google trying to get yeah. a much better understanding of the relationship between things, the web of things. And flux comes from the result of this. And right. the, there's one classic example that, that I can talk about. And, and this happened when we were looking at the visibility for, um, who was it now, PC World. PC World. And they were positioned really well. I think it's for iPad or iPad Retina, something like that. And then suddenly their, their positions vanished. Now, they could look at their own positions. They could look at the SERPs. They could rule out any sort of internal conflict. But you know what? The same day they vanished, Curry's actually moved up onto page one uh, for that exact same term because those pages were so similarly themed. And I think they even used the same template. I've seen this happen again in travel with major travel groups. And I've seen it happen with um, yeah, several others that maybe I, maybe I can't mention today. But as Google started to get a, a better understanding of the relationship between organizations, and it can see that these two are connected, um, then it is effectively penalizing one against the other. So what's the best way to coordinate your sort of SERPs landscape, if you like, your sort of ecosystem of content? Okay, yes. I mean, great question. And, you know, we all have so much content. We have, uh, we have words, we have images, we have video, we have social content. And this is all competing for space in the SERPs. Um, now, different people want to come into your world, your online world, looking for different things. Some people will want to go into video content. Some people want to go um, into the latest news. Some people might want uh, to go into your social content. So what we need to do is be very good, very clear about the way that we connect our assets together. Because the better we get at connecting our assets together, our online assets, the better Google gets at understanding the relationships. And that forms the yeah. basis. That forms the basis for a coordinated and coherent search. So gone are the days of 10 blue links. You know, what we need to try and do now is actually ensure that we have a good knowledge card presence. Let's see if we can get in the answer cards. Let's get our, our social assets there as well. So we can start to move away from 10% of real estate to 20, 30, 40, or even more percent of that real estate above the fold if we can get those relationships sorted and make them clear. So um, if we look at semantic search, it's still relatively new. I suppose you could argue it's still in its infancy. Where's, 
Where's it all going, looking down the road? Wow. <laughs> this is so exciting. And I, I remember talking about semantic search at a, um, at a talk I gave in Paris uh, a couple of years ago, um, or maybe a year. And my son, Charlie, he, was, he, he said to me, are you going to go and see the Eiffel Tower? And, and that got me thinking. So I picked up my iPhone and I, said to, and I went to Google and I said, OK, Google, uh, show me pictures of the Eiffel Tower. So these, these pictures came up. The next question, I, think, I said, how tall is it? And I got an answer card. And then I said, how many steps does it have? And, and what, the interesting thing is here, I'm no longer talking about the Eiffel Tower. I'm referring to it, OK? Yes, yes. Which is wonderful. How do I get there? I get the map. And what are the views like from the top? So all of this, this was a journey that previously, say three years ago, it would have been click, go in, look, come back, click, look, and then come back. But what we're starting to do now is we're starting to have a, a dialogue, a dialogue with Google uh, through semantic search. And that's really quite exciting. And, and those sites that are performing best are those that have done the best job to really get inside the mind of the searcher and think about and answer all the possible questions they might have. And, and again, I, I, I look to, uh, to youngsters and, and, and my son who's 12, um, and the way that he embraces search, and whether it's because of The Apprentice or not, I don't know, but kids his age seem to hold their phone out. They're not afraid to use voice search. They're not afraid to engage in this dialogue with Google. Um, it's more than a search engine to them. And, and as this capability rolls onto things like, like the iWatch, you know, the, the old days of those 10 blue links are going to soon be left behind. And this is a new era of, of interaction and dialogue. And I think that's, that's exciting. And it's going to mean a lot of change. And it's going to change and impact on the way that we create our content. And as a result, we're going to have to get much better at getting back inside the mind of our searchers and putting our customers first and thinking how they think and thinking how they search and thinking about the dialogue they might engage with. So it's, yeah, it's very exciting. Well, Jonathan, that's another, uh, yet another facet of the ever-shifting sands of uh, online marketing. Thanks so much for sharing that with us. How can our listeners find out more about uh, Jonathan Earnshaw and Intelligent Positioning Limited? So you can go to intelligentpositioning.com or pydatametrics.com. And personally, I'm on John, J-O-N, Earnshaw, on Twitter, at John Earnshaw. That's the best way. Now, uh, Pi, is that P-I or P-I-E? P-I hyphen datametrics. Pi, as in the mathematical um, constants. Absolutely. The, uh, the, one of the most wonderful numbers on the planet. And that ne- never, yes. <laughs> ne- ne- never fails to, uh, to get me thinking when, when, when I see a beer gloss and I look at the circumference and think about the fact that that's um, uh, 3.2 times bigger than the diameter. always gets me. Yeah, I, I just can't get on with, with pi. It's just so irrational. Anyway, sorry about that. So everyone, uh, thanks, thanks for listening. Show notes as usual at sitevisibility.com slash podcast. We're on iTunes and Stitcher. Now, please give us a review because it, uh, it helps to grow the audience and uh, that means we can help more people. If you want to connect with me personally, I'm Dr. Pod, that's D-O-C-T-O-R-P-O-D on Twitter and LinkedIn. And if you want to connect, go ahead. On LinkedIn, just mention the IM podcast so I know that you're a listener. And if you've got any questions, two ways to get those to us. Uh, email is podcast at sitevisibility.co.uk. And we have a telephone hotline if you want to uh, leave a voice message or a question. Plus four four one two seven three two five six one five zero. 
So that's all from me, Andy White. And it's all from Jonathan. Thank you. And we'll see you next time on Internet Marketing.